This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Britain's most successful Paralympic swimmer fears that disabled people risk becoming more invisible in British society despite promises for improvement in how they are treated. Equality and Human Rights Commissioner and nine-time Paralympic gold medalist Lord Chris Holmes says that more must be done to stop Britain's growing number of disabled and older people being left behind and excluded from society. Lord Holmes went blind overnight at the age of 14. He now holds nine gold medals, five silvers and one bronze in Paralympic swimming. He was appointed to the House of Lords in 2013 and works as a non-executive director at the EHRC. And I spoke to him to find out more about how he came to his point of view. I think there are a whole number of factors currently coming together which could either lead to greater inclusion, greater opportunity, greater potential for disabled people, but by the same token could actually exacerbate existing structures of exclusion and actually mean that people aren't able to play their full part, be that because of transport, housing, the whole digital agenda, a whole series of issues where there's real possibility but we need everybody to ensure that all of those opportunities are accessible are inclusive to enable everybody to fully play their part do you have evidence to to sort of back up this theory is is something you've experienced is it something you're seeing in society now that makes you think this way i think if you look at some of the key systems which can enable participation if we take transport as one example in london we're pretty well served with accessible inclusive transport that's not the case across the country so if we're going to achieve this ambition which has been clearly set right from the top of government to halve the disability employment gap transport is clearly a key factor there and it's Really what I wanted to do in this thesis is link together all of these factors which enable participation, which eradicate social exclusion. It's critical to see everything through the eyes of the user, through experiences, through journeys, to understand that all of these things are connected. It's pointless to get employers on side and have them open to employing people from whatever background. It's pointless doing that if you don't look at transport, if you don't look at housing, if you don't look at the digital opportunity and see all the connections between those things which have to all be addressed if we're to generate a truly inclusive society. And I guess what's at the heart of it for me is the simple truth. Talent is everywhere. Opportunity isn't. But of course, one of the cornerstones of this argument I guess you might want to make is that welfare and cuts to welfare have meant that we're in a society now where people, disabled people, are are treated as either saints or scroungers and that's another problem, attitude and perception of disability in society. Attitude is absolutely critical to this. Some of the less less worthy elements of the press, shall we say, have polarised a debate which has been unhelpful and often offensive to many people in society. The reality is everything needs to be focused on enabling possibility, enabling potential, because for every person who doesn't have the opportunity, be it in employment, that's a tragedy for that individual. 
But at a national level, we can't afford to waste that talent year on year. And it's been the case, successive governments, if you look at the disability employment gap, it's a huge issue across decades. And we have to crack into that. But I believe the way to crack into that is not just to consider it in isolation as an employment issue. It's an issue which goes right across all of these elements that are highlighted in my argument of housing, transport, digital. And that's just employment. It's just as important for people to be able to participate, be it in sport, be it in broadcasting, be it in the, in the mass media. All of these elements of society have to be inclusive. That's why I got stuck into the work with the Premier League on access last year and in September was successful in getting them to sign off that by the summer of 2017 all Premier League football grounds would comply with the accessible stadia guidance. Should have been done years ago. They're committed to it now by the summer of 2017. In one sense people may say well football is a small part of society Bill Shankly said it's more important than life. I wouldn't necessarily go that far. <laughs> but it's to open up all and every angle of society. The piece I did in diversity and broadcasting. Similarly, we can't have the same old stories presented, reported, produced by the same old voices, the revolving door of recruitment, cappuccino sipping lovies, appointing people who look sound and report in the same way they do. Again, none of this is about political correctness. None of it is about anything else other than competitive, creative edge at an individual, at a national, at an organisational level. You know, I'm reminded of a campaign by RNIB, um, which is ongoing, and that is for more audio description in television, which I'm sure is an area you would agree uh, more needs to be done and more is being done, which is good. Um, but one of the big problems that RNIB has with this is getting blind and partially sighted people involved enough to stand up and say, right, on television or at the cinema, there is more of this needed and, you know, well done if it is available and, you know, letting people know about that. Is it sometimes our fault as disabled people that maybe maybe just don't stand up enough and say, you know, this isn't good enough or this is this is good? I'd never couch it as anybody's fault, but it is beholden on all of us. Everybody as an individual in society has a voice, whatever background, wherever you come from, and it's beholden on all of us to use that voice because stuff doesn't change because of systems, because of structures, because of processes. It changes because an individual has an idea, has a point of view, has a perspective and pushes it to make a change, to make a difference. Audio description is an extremely good example. It's opened up so much programming and also in the live space, in theatres, live performances, it's enabled far greater experiences to be had by blind and visually impaired people. At London 2012, we had audio description at all of our events to enable us to deliver on that promise that London 2012 was going to be a Games for everybody. A great progress has been made with the broadcasters and audio description. Still a long way to go. I urge everybody to get their voice out there. It makes a difference. If people aren't speaking, it makes it easier 
for organisations, institutions to ignore that view, to not look into it. Everyone has a voice. I think get out there, use it and believe that change is always possible because that's how we make stuff better. I think back to London 2012 and I remember saying to so many people after it, you know, I really feel a shift has happened, uh, you know, following those events, following the Paralympics of that year. Um, I just felt people understood and, and took more time to understand disability. Um, I think we're both in agreement, though, that that has changed. It was, without question, the best thing I've been involved with in my life. I was so privileged to be the director at London 2012. And the research that we did post-games demonstrated that we've made a change. Attitudes had shifted. Opportunities emerged that wouldn't have emerged had we not gone about the games and done the games in the way we did. But the key point is that doesn't necessarily last forever. That upward curve doesn't necessarily continue in that direction. It will continue because people continue to commit to make stuff inclusive and to have that start point of we believe the way to plan and deliver whatever it is be it an olympic and paralympic games be it a television program be it a live performance be it an employment environment we believe that the best way to do this to make it great is to do it from a position of inclusive design not because it's a nice thing to do, but because by doing that, you get the edge and you get the best people involved in that organisation, in that event, in that programme. Do you think that technology will overtake in some way, if it hasn't already, uh, in making these kinds of changes that you'd like to see happen actually take place? There's a tremendous opportunity from digital, from technology. I was lucky enough to co-author the digital report that we did from the select committee last February, make or break the UK digital opportunity. And it is as simple as that. It's a title I chose, make or break, because there's tremendous possibility from digital. It can unlock a heck of a lot of stuff and provide some real innovation and opportunity. But it won't do that just of itself digital technology artificial intelligence robotics the internet of things all of this stuff has phenomenal potential but it's humans behind it and we can't just rely on it delivering an inclusive environment delivering access of itself it can't do that it will only do that if the people behind it have that belief and have that full commitment otherwise Technology has just as much opportunity to exacerbate existing structures of exclusion, locking people out even greater. And the tragedy of it is what you could see if you don't have that inclusive approach is effective steps being built in cyberspace and people being locked out because that inclusive concept hasn't been built in from the outset and as you rightly said earlier it's not about the processes it's not about the systems it fundamentally starts from attitudes beliefs and the behaviors that flow from that and it's the vision thing to have a vision 
that technology, the digital opportunity can enable opportunity for all, which it absolutely can, but only if we all absolutely commit to that from the outset. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.